From down under to down south, follow the adventures of an Australian family who packed up and moved to the other side of the world to follow a dream of making a life in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Ozzy Mike, and together with Bicky, Bowie, and Bree Bree, we will share our daily craziness in an attempt to warn you or inspire you to make this transcontinental move. G'day and welcome to episode three of Down Under to Down South. I'm your host, Ozzy Mike, and today we're going to talk about all things medical. That's right, get your gurneys out, get your uh, your scrubs on. We're going to take you through to hospital in the US, compare what it's like to get sick in the US compared to what it's like back home in Australia, the costs associated with it, some of the pitfalls and traps that you can look out for, and I'll tell you some stories as well as, as far as our own experience is concerned about getting sick in the US. So as you've heard me mention before, healthcare in the US is no laughing matter. When you compare some of the statistics between Australia and the US and you know some other developed countries, first of all, looking at life expectancy. So Australia comes in at number eight in the world with an average life expectancy of 83 years of age. The US, number 40. So the average age here is 78 and a half. The highest in the world, Japan, 84.3. You've got New Zealand that comes in at 82 years old and the UK at number 25 at 81.4. So rating higher than the US on life expectancy are other countries such as Peru, Malta, Kuwait, Israel. So US coming in at number 40 on life expectancy. That's a really important one to highlight to start with. No doubt adding into the life expectancy rate is obesity rates. And the US are ranked at number 11 in the world with 41% of the population being classified as obese. When you look at the countries that rank really at the top of that list, it's all about the South Pacific. And I think a lot of that is probably culturally based as well. So Nauru at 61% obese. You've got Tonga, Samoa. And Australia comes in at number 27 with 29% of the population being obese. So the US healthcare system is highly complex. There are separate rules, fun- funding, enrollment dates, and out-of-pocket costs associated with the various forms of health insurance, whether it's employer-based, private insurance, or government-provided plans like Medicaid and Medicare. Universal health care does not exist in the U.S. In fact, 10% of the population have no health care at all. Medicare in Australia is funded by the taxpayer via the 2% Medicare levy, which is deducted from our pay packets, from our taxes. I've spoken to quite a few people here in the States, and the general concept is that they do not agree that they should have to pay for somebody else to get sick, which is their argument against having a taxpayer-funded healthcare system. I've even had people jest that universal healthcare is bordering on communism, and we don't want no commies over here in the U.S., Globally, there are currently 21 countries that have universal health care, including obviously Australia, Canada, the UK, Italy, South Africa, and New Zealand. So in America, if you want insurance, you must choose from several tiers of coverage from the options I previously mentioned. They include what's called a high deductible plan, managed care plans, and fee-for-service systems. These plans may or may not include pharmaceutical products, uh, which also have different tiers of coverage as well, deductibles, co-pays, co-insurance. These were all words when we first moved to the US. I had absolutely no idea what they meant. And trying to find somebody to explain it to you was really, really hard when I was still in Australia and trying to sort all of this out. When we first arrived in the US, I managed to find a health insurance broker who did his best to explain everything to me. But in all honesty, I don't think even he he knew full complexity of the health system here. So we were fortunate that we could get insurance to start with, and it was through a process called Obamacare. And Obamacare is only available at certain times of the year, or it's only available for what they call life-altering events. So I mean, basically, if you are new to the US, that's one of them. If you change jobs, um, if you lose your job, those sort of things. So Obamacare also does not have any pre-existing conditions. So with Vicky being pregnant, we were fine. We, we had coverage. The big kicker for this though was $1,500 US a month 
month. So that's around, what, 2000 Australian dollars a month for insurance. It also came with a $7,000 deductible. What does that mean? That means that you have to pay the first $7,000 of any care, and then technically insurance will then kick in after that. There are other conditions that come with it. So the hospital that you go to needs to have an agreement with the insurance company that you're with. Otherwise, it's called an out-of-network expense. And then you're looking at a whole bunch of other different hoops to go and jump through as far as levels of coverage is concerned. There's generally a lot of surprises as well when it comes to healthcare because you never know how much it's going to cost you until the procedure is done. Then you get a bill in the mail, you find out what insurance is going to cover, and you find out what you're then left to pay for yourself. So we had insurance set up. We found ourselves an obstetrician for, for Bicky, and we found a hospital that was in our network where we could go and have the baby. So at least with the pregnancy, you, you generally know when the baby is going to arrive or, or thereabouts, so you can pre-plan some other sort of thing. Unlike if you're involved in a motor vehicle accident and they take you to the hospital, not of your choice. Uh, you know, There's stories of people saying, no, 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 don't take me here or don't take me at all because I don't have any coverage or I can't afford to pay for that ambulance. The hospital that we'd chosen was fantastic hospital, a level of of care that they gave was second to none. I mean, we had had, Bowie was born in Canberra uh, at a private hospital in Canberra where we thought they were fantastic to start with, but these guys in Nashville were on a second level. Cannot fault the level of care from any of the nurses. Our obstetrician was amazing. When we checked into the hospital, they said, okay, before you check out, you need to come down and pay. I thought, yep, okay, I didn't really think anything of it. We're leaving the hospital. I go down there to go and pay. And they say, okay, it's going to be $20,000. Now, they're showing me a bill, and that bill is for $97,000 US dollars. I was in shock of being in a dad for the second time, but I was also in shock at looking at a $97,000 hospital bill and being told that if I pay $20,000 now, you know, that would cut the bill down for me. Otherwise... It had something about deductible, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't really understand what it was that they were talking about because they're talking about all of these medical insurance terms and, hey, I'm this dumb foreigner in Nashville that I've got no idea what you're talking about. So not really understanding what they're talking about. I'm just hearing the fact that I'm saving $77,000 by having to pay $20,000 up front. Having to pay that would have put us into a huge financial hole, but... I get my credit card out to go and pay it. Somebody upstairs was looking out for me because that credit card machine didn't work. And they said, okay, well, then we're just going to have to get you to come back next week or you can give us a call and you can pay it over the phone. I guess I thank the Lord that um, that didn't go through because I then made a phone call the next day to the insurance company who then were pretty upset at the hospital who were basically trying to get me to get processed a payment outside of the insurance system because it was going to be cheaper for the hospital. Not cheaper for me. I ended up having to pay $7,000, which was a deductible for the insurance. I've now gone from a $97,000 bill to a $20,000 bill to a $7,000 bill, all within the space of a few days. The cost of medical care in this country is ridiculous and out of control. For example, the average cost in the US for an MRI is $1,119, compared to $811 in New Zealand, $215 in Australia, and $181 in Spain. A standard hip replacement in the US is costing $29,000, which is more than $10,000 more than the next highest country, which is Australia. Another argument that those against universal health care like to throw around is that, sure, medical system in Australia might be free, but you have to wait for it. Uh, you've got to wait three years to go and have a hip replacement. While looking at the statistics of this, when you're looking at elective surgery appointments and the average wait time for an appointment, yes, Australia does have an average wait time of 48 days, and that's in comparison to the US of 28 days. But if we're talking only 20 days and we're talking a difference of twenty to $30,000 in cost, 
I don't know. I mean, to me, I'd much rather wait the 20 days. Of course, the other thing that you can do in Australia is have private health care too. Private health care in Australia, it works so much better than what it does in the US. It does expedite those procedures and uh, get, you know, get you taken care of. So you've got options as far as health care is concerned. Let's take a look, though, at the average salary in the US compared to Australia as far as medical professionals are concerned. A medical specialist salary in Australia is an average of 247000 a year compared to 329000 in the US. That's about $80,000 difference, not a huge difference there, but it's on the GP level where the big difference comes in. So in Australia, a GP is on an average of $91,000 a year. In the US, on an average of $299,000 per year. So we're talking $200,000 a year difference on a GP salary. Another factor that makes healthcare more expensive here is the administrative costs. And when you're looking at those figures, you're looking at an average of $1,050 per person. That's what, 370 million people in the US? You can see the cost of administration of healthcare alone is driving up prices for everything else. Americans shell out an average of almost twice as much for pharmaceutical drugs as the people in other industrialized countries. High drug prices are the single biggest area of overspending in the US compared to Europe and Australia, where drug prices are government regulated and often based on the clinical benefit of the medication. And of course, in Australia, we also have the Pharmaceutical Benefit Scheme, or PBS, which also helps to go and regulate those drug prices. Private insurers can negotiate drug prices with manufacturers, often through the services of pharmacy benefit managers. However, Medicare which pays for a hefty percentage of the national drug costs, is not permitted to negotiate prices with manufacturers. Price and usage contribute to the higher cost of medication in the US with a with little regulation in pricing. The spend is an average of $963 on prescription drugs per person. That's more than double the average of developed countries. The American propensity to sue each other is another thing that adds to the cost of healthcare because physicians and hospitals are more inclined to go and order tests or scans just in case so that they can be covered in case the patient comes back and sues them for malpractice. So in researching this podcast today, I, I went back and looked over the years at, particularly when Obama was in power, and he was very big on trying to bring about change in the healthcare system. And there were arguments for and against on bringing through universal healthcare. But one reason why Americans don't want health universal healthcare is because they don't vote for it. One key reason is the unique political culture in the U.S. As a nation that began on the back of immigrants with an entrepreneurial spirit and without a feudal system to ingrain a rigid social structure, Americans are much more likely to be individualistic. In other words, Americans and conservatives in particular have a strong belief in classical liberalism and the idea that the government should play a limited role in society. So given that universal coverage inherently clashes with this belief in individualism and limited government, it's probably not surprising that it has never been enacted in America as it has been in other developed countries. Another factor that limits it is the power of the lobby group and the billions and billions of dollars that lobbyists spend on politicians. Four of the top seven industry lobbyists in the United States come from healthcare, which include the American Medical Association, which comes in at number three, number four, the American Hospital Association, the PHRMA, which is the main pharmaceutical lobbying organization, comes in at number six, and Blue Cross Blue Shield Association of America comes in at number seven. Blue Cross Blue Shield is one of the larger health insurance companies in the U.S. and actually somebody that I have in with right now. So whilst everybody suffers from high healthcare prices here, the healthcare industry really suffers if politicians combat those prices. So they urgently lobby the government, pouring enormous sums of money into the re-election campaigns of legislators who protect their interests. It's a case of the rich getting richer and the poorer just being taken for suckers as we go along in this little thing called medical industry in the US. 
Recently, I had to go and see my doctor and uh, get a referral to go and see a cardiologist. Now, the cardiologist happened to be at a local hospital here, not far from where I live. Went down there, checked into the hospital, getting ready for the tests, or so I thought. But I had to meet with the pricing or admin people, first of all. So the admin people took my details, took my insurance, called my insurance company, and then advised me that if I wanted to have the tests done, I would have to pay $3,000 up front. I have what I thought was really good health insurance. No, apparently not. That $3,000 I had to pay up front would just come off my deductible, as I was told. I walked out, didn't have the procedure done. Several months later, I had some other issues with my heart and had to go and see my doctor again. So I walked in there, went to the same hospital. They said, oh, good news. Your insurance is going to cover everything. Okay, fantastic. Didn't have to pay a thing. Went and had the tests done, had an ECG, had something else done. About a month or so later, six weeks later, received a bill in the mail for $1,100. The number one reason why people go bankrupt in this country is because of healthcare. About a month ago, I went and had some skin cancers removed off my face. Coming from Australia, skin cancer is uh, something that's very common back home. Not as common here and surprised me initially when I went to see the doctor and they didn't use that blue light that they used in Australia. I don't know if they still do or not, but they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. But it was a blue light that you wave over your face and it can basically spot where some of the skin cancers are. So she looked at my face and found where there were about five or six on there and immediately had them burn off, said, oh, yes, look, this is all uh, medically required. It's going to be covered by insurance. Guess what? I got another surprise in the in the mail. Another $250 to go and pay for that one too. So medical bills, surprise tickets in the mail, etc. That's all part of life of living in the US. If you still want to come and live in this amazing country, it's just another couple of things to consider. But look, it's, it's not all bad. I will say that the level of care that you receive from the doctors here is fantastic. It's certainly, I've, I think, a lot better than what you receive back home. And the medical research in the US is the best in the world. I mean, they are at the cutting edge of trying to find cures for some of the worst diseases that we have. There's a bit of a rundown for you on the medical and health insurance industries in the US. Feel free to reach out if you've got any questions, if you'd like me to cover this in more detail or any other topics as well. Stay safe. Don't get sick now.